words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. For the blind handyman, Don Shaw. That's right, Thomas. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Don Patterson. Uh, hi there, neighbor. Okay, Tom. my name's Tom neighbor. Houston, and we're going to let the creator inter- introduce our special guest today, the producer and creator of the Blind Handyman Show, Phil Park. <laughs> I'll give you some idea about 10,000 people here today. This, the, uh, those of you who had, had understood it was a little bad as to whether this cold would kill me, I survived. Survive. And, oh, by the way, one other thing that just came into the Blind Handyman newsroom. Uh, it was reported this morning that Saddam Hussein is at the Dairy Queen in Wells. That's not true. Because <laughs> well, uh, we all rushed up there to we see. All, we did. We, we thought we'd go see. <laughs> wonder where he is. I, I'm hiding out from those Americans. They're taking my country. Yeah. <laughs> well, they really are. The whole looting over there. Do you see all that? I guess everybody's watching all that on CNN. Or, or oh, you're, yeah. you're kind of a fox guy. Pat, uh, well, not a foxy guy. Fox, I mean, well, I, we know better than that. It's your age. Get a fox listener. Yeah, fox listener. Well, when you yeah. start saying things like foxy, I, get, I start scooting back. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, with us uh, today, with us today Uh-oh. is an old friend of ours that we've known a long time. Uh, his name is uh, his name is Mark Christie. And Mark, it's it's wonderful to have you here with the group. Well, thank you very sure. much. Say something in radio uh, for radio. us. Radio. Mark's an old radio guy. <laughs> Mark, uh, we taught Mark radio in a Boy Scout class. You know, Boy Scouts must have been at their nadir at that time. They let me drink and teach a Boy Scout class, you know. 
What a uh, but we uh, we taught him. He wanted to be a radio announcer, so we taught he and uh, Tim Johnston and uh, uh, who else was? What was that boy's name? A, he's a cop now. Uh, Joe Hendricks. Joe Hen- Wasn't it? Yeah. Joe Hendricks, and then there was is a girl. A cop or was he, is he something with the... Uh, Probably a narc. I don't uh, know what he is. Right. He, he, got, <laughs> he certainly, we, we certainly trained him for we that. Know, we know he's not in radio. Well, no, he's not an investigator <laughs> anymore. Huh? He could be a narc. We trained him for that, too. No, I think, or actually. any of the above. Anymore. Or he could work for... The, <laughs> yeah. work for uh, Worked for the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. <laughs> he had some training there. It was an interesting hand training. It was an interesting Boy Scout class. Yeah, no we uh, didn't. We met. Uh, we met each show. Tuesday, I think, up at the old KSPL studios in Ramada Inn, and we'd uh, we had a little board there. It's actually the production board, and we'd we would uh, make little commercials and we would play little radio, and it was it was great fun. I, I enjoy. I'd like to do it again uh, if they have any Boy Scouts out there who'd like to. Man, and, it was uh, like twenty five years ago. Was it? Yeah, man. Well, it was before they they fired me in 70, 78, right? The Boy Scouts are radio. Well, it's kind of a, kind of a, it's kind of a combo, dude. Both of them were. So it was because of illness. They were sick of me. Time flies when you're Whoa. having fun. And, and so that was 77, 87, 90. God, it has been 26 years ago. Good man. Lord. You're old, Mark. And Mark's uh, like me and Don Shaw and Tom Houston, married to a big bossy girl and having a big time, aren't you? She works and <laughs> yeah. make a living. I work occasionally. And Mark works occasionally. <laughs> are are they any less bossy when you're not married to them? No. The no. Word, I don't, they're not. Uh, Don is, of course, not married. Foxy Don is not married. Anyway, what time? What we're going to talk about? This is show number what, Donald? Thirty-three today. Thirty-three, or not? Good Lord! It's yeah. just amazing. Goodness, it is. Why anybody'd want to listen? And the list is just going. Every day I look at the list. There's, there's, you know, ten or twelve uh, things, and people actually using the list to solve problems and to. Uh, I, I tried to sign up for the list. It said it was full. I think sure. it said you were full. Sure. <laughs> See what it said. You, you did. You did try. Gave it a valiant don. Uh, no, that's right. Well, we'll we'll have your we'll have your footprint there. The moderator keeps up with it. Tom, of course, is the list moderator. You didn't that's know that. right. Uh oh. Well, Mr. Oh, Houston. Wow. Well, maybe I maybe I dialed yeah. the wrong website yeah. or something. Maybe you were. You were Let on. me stick my chest out a little bit. I am That's a right. moderator. I'd rather That's you right. didn't. I just ate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, put your shirt back on, Tom. Put your shirt. Just quit that. Oh, oh. Wow, we're certainly off to a great start today. Or? I don't know. Do we? We uh, the the course the, the list has killed our email, and we're sick about it. But we're getting a lot of stuff from the list, and and the list is working out good because people are exchanging ideas and and solving problems. And the, if you haven't joined the list, it's uh, blindhandyman at yahoogroups.com. Subscribe, blindhandyman at yahoo groups. Do it. Blind. I don't know what the hell it is. I, may, I don't think I'm on the list. That's why I couldn't get on the uh-huh. list, because I used his address. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is it? It's blindhandyman-subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Yeah, there you go. We'll get you on and, the list. And not on the list and talking about problem solving. You know, last week I mentioned about my dishwasher problem. and Yep. So we have a solution for that. I All right, do it. You want to do yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I had called a repairman here, and he was kind of an honest guy. He could have come out, I guess, and charged me 60 bucks, but he said that the problem, I was getting this signal, uh, uh, indicator light, by a, 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 and it, right by the light, it said lockout. 
And yeah. so I couldn't figure out, and I tried your thing about taking the power off of it. That didn't work. And it did not work. And uh-huh. so I called this guy, and, and oddly enough, he said it sounds like a child-proofing or a mechanism or some, where you want to. Yeah. And, and that it was set either by a single button or a combination thereof. And of course, we didn't have the manual dishwashers 15 years plus old probably. Anyway, and so I asked my sighted friend, Girlfriend. <laughs> my lady friend, to, the warden. Uh, I said, uh, <laughs> "Come here and see uh, if we can uh, see if there's any instructions, any things." And she goes, "Nope." Uh, so I got my glasses and flashlight and got real close. Down and, here, uh, yeah. and like they always say, when all else fails, read the instructions. And I said, uh, "Emmy, come back here and read me this." <laughs> and it says, "Punch the dry air switch to enter lockout." And to take it off. In other words, the same button enter, uh, accesses it, and the same button takes it off. That's so amazing. When all else fails. But anyway, if you're out there still and you know got any ideas about pocket doors, uh, put them on the list. And that I'm is, sure Don well, and Tom will tell me. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> not telling me In fact, I think they, I was off the list for a few days. I think one of them took me off. <laughs> Unsubscribed me. Unsubscribed. That is positive that sighted people can cannot see something when they're looking you right know, at when it. They're, you know, if, yeah, that's I true. do it all the time. Yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. Well, but anyway, I was glad to solve that problem because we... Because you can now wash, you don't not hand washing dishes anymore. <laughs> All right, that gets old. We, uh, it does. Get, do they make you do that at your house, Mark? You, oh yeah. You got kids. So you, you got children. They should be uh, in there. Not true, huh? And I can't get my wife to do them. So can't get your wife to do them. <laughs> so my wife load them in the dishwasher. I, we That's were what I do. We were somewhere uh, sitting out back, and Louanne said uh, I said something about doing the dishes. She said I'll do them. She went in the house and but um, where's the dishwasher? Uh huh. <laughs> He's outside. <laughs> so that's you know that's her. We. Uh, we didn't get an email this week, and and we're very happy about that's that. Two it's weeks uh, in a row. Blind handyman at hotmail. dot com. If you'd like to contact us, but. We Tom fooled you. Got some list things. We got you. See, if you're on the list, we have the we have the privilege. Well, I guess we got to put a disclaimer on the list. If you put something on the list, it may be read on the blind. Could man be read read on the show, huh? And do not do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the anyway. Our parts of could be read on right. the show. Go ahead, Tommy. Anyway, we had a, 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 a something posted on the uh, what do you call that? A group page? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. On the, uh, well, yeah, on the list. On the list. Uh, okay, from Susie Barnes, uh, concerning sources for Braille yardstick. And uh, she said, probably maxi aids or independent living aids. Among a few are sources for your Braille ruler. However, if you have a handy friend who likes a mission, here's what can be done. You buy a good yardstick, wooden yardstick. Use two sizes of brass-headed tacks. Use large at each inch, two at each foot, and one small at each half inch. If this friend gets into the swing of things, you may well have the uh, the dandiest Braille yardstick ever. Good luck. And of course, I said Susie Barnes sent that in. Yeah, which is a, which is a, huh. like Robert Todd took me a a square piece of uh, just a piece of wood and just put a little saw mark every inch and then a smaller one every quarter inch and made me a dandy uh, yardstick. You know, because you you just count anyway. I hate those ones with numbers. You ever see one with numbers? Yeah. And the numbers get in the way. They could be more trouble than so they were. It's, it's easier to always to... be on the wrong end of the stick, so to speak, and be reading the, uh, the number upside The yeah, short end, of course. More trouble than it's worth. So. so anyway, you can make your own, but I think they are, they're, they're available um, uh, from probably, I would imagine, any place that sells blind stuff. Well, this guy here, Jeff Eden, wrote, uh, he said, try this. Uh, Dymo tape, aluminum may be the best, can be scaled with a Braille slate. 
Each cell is a quarter inch apart, so writing an L, an A, a B, an A, and repeat to as long as you want, and you've got a perfect calibration strip with the L at the inch, the B at the half inch, and an A at the quarter. Now when you're filled a, a guide full, pull the tape carefully along to keep the dots in the right holes and continue your sequence. Good luck. Jeff. That'd be interesting to try and see. That could, that, I've, I've got a, I saw it the other day. In the shop, in the desk, there is a slate. There is no stylus, but you could, could you, if you had a dowel, a small dowel, you could drive a nail down through it or something, and and you, you wouldn't want it very stylus. sharp, and you could dull it down and make you, because I don't have a stylus. Surely we could make a stylus out of something, like you a would stylus. think. I would think so. I, I, I've got to try that. It'd be an inner, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know that, too. Because, uh, man, with Dymo tape, you know, the dots wouldn't wear off. And the other, the other neat thing is about it that came through on the list is if you have a framing square, you could take the same tape and stick it to you know, a framing square and, and make you a combination framing square uh, root measuring, or combination. Measuring kind of a thing yeah, anyway. Which would be good. But as, you know, as we have talked about in the, in the past, exact measurements oftentimes aren't, uh, aren't needed. I mean, if you're going to cut uh, four pieces of wood a certain <laughs> length... And you, someone fell out of their chair. <laughs> hey, if you're going to cut four pieces of wood the same length, you cut the first one and cut the other three just, just like it. it. And it doesn't matter how long the yeah, first one is. It doesn't really make no any difference. difference if you if you and if you want to if you if you're building if you're building something and you you want one side to be this long, well, of course you want the you know. So I measure. I used to measure before I got my braille measuring tape, and I still do just with wire. I would like to f see if a piece of equipment would fit somewhere. Yeah. I wouldn't go and go, this is 7 and 2 sixteenths. Now, the piece of equipment is 8 and I guess it won't, you know. Yeah. I just take a piece of wire, stretch it across the opening, and then go look at the piece of equipment and go, bingo, it'll fit or it won't. Yeah. And so, you don't, you know, exact measuring is not, I know sighted people, are, Robert Todd measures to the eighth of an inch. Carpenters do and cabinet makers, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You're kind of a carpenter cabinet maker guy. Well, not cabinet maker, but oh. I, I use a lot of, uh, uh, even though I'm partially sighted, and if I don't want to measure, you know, that, uh, I guess in a sense you're kind of making a jig is the first one. But, I'll, like, if you were going to measure the distance between two things, like inside measure, I just take a stick that's longer. Yeah. And then I, I use my thumbnail, right, where the, uh, you know, just hold it there and go. I've done that. I've done that. And, and, and yep. actually, that can be pretty darn accurate. Yeah. I've done that on the piece of wood itself, as a matter of fact, lots of times. So. I tell you what, the, the Braille measuring tape is a wonderful thing, but uh, the memory, a lot of times it'll go, <laughs> you have 81,372 and a half inches in your memory. Why do you get that out? Somebody was talking about that, I think, while you were off the list, having how do you that stop trouble that? with their Braille measuring tape. Mine does it all the time, and getting the batteries in and out of them is a real problem. Those, those, I mean, they're nice. I, I'm glad I have it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, some, it must be a common problem with right. those because of those other folks talking about the same deal. Some, somebody try the. I, I guess this guy who wrote this email wouldn't have said this unless he knew it worked, would he? The deal you about think probably no. not. Slate and stylus deal. Yeah, yeah and that like would be, that And that would be a real easy measurement to check out. If we decided person, if you've got a slate, we don't have to do it. We just measure the distance, which he sells is, is a quarter inch, and that sounds good to me. You know. What about the little bar between the cells? Well, I think that's what he's counting. That's the quarter of an that's inch. That's part of it. That's part of the quarter of an yeah. inch. Well, you can measure five cells, and if you had five inches, well, you know, you know. Yeah. All right. When we get off, we'll do that with my braille measuring tape. You would have yeah. it, and we'll have it. Have it the. The uh, Blind Handyman Newsroom. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You remember Dale Levins from yeah. uh, out in Ontario? Yeah, I love him. Okay. Well, he, he had a little deal posted there on a watering system for a flower bed that we wanted to read today. He says, I have also used 24-volt systems on operating an irrigation system in my flower beds. So far, I have installed eight 24-volt solenoid-operated valves, mostly to weeping hose buried under things like my rose bushes. I have about four dozen bushes along about an 80 feet of uh, about 80 feet of fence. I put a long flower box up last summer under a pair of second-floor bedroom windows, but got tired of uh, watering them through screens and such. So I bought a big length of about a quarter-inch plastic tube, bunged a bit of dowel into one end, drilled a bunch of really tiny holes, the smallest bits I could get at my local home hardware store, and ran the tube up along behind the uh, downpipe of the eave trough pressed it into the J-mold under the soffit so it only spans a short distance to the edge of the flower box. The window is a dormer window, so it's just below the eave, and the tube then is almost concealed by the overlapping siding. It is on one of the solenoid valves, and they each have a little toggle switch in a box by the back door. I turn them on and off as I feel the various zones uh, need water, including one switch for watering a second-story flower box, the wiring, though, I cheated on a bit, connected one side of the circuit to the copper water line, so each valve only requires one conductor brought to it. The other connection I just take back to the pipe. Again, they are all 24 volt, but I don't know what the capacity is for the transformer I'm using. I have water under some uh, crabapple trees, under a hedge, and two lily gardens directly to a, a couple of uh, juniper-like things and real cool thing is that our watering restriction, even or odd days, cannot be detected. Now, the other big benefit, though, is that these weeping hoses don't hardly use any water, and it's right. delivered under the ground where it's used, so it can really, That'd it's really true. very efficient. It would be, it would be yeah. true. Okay, another thing is that I'm not dragging hoses all over the place. Yeah. The valves are intended for use with those automated systems which turn the water on and off electronically, but since I can't see those computerized timer systems, I don't have one, although someone could easily add one to my system. And as I said, this from Dale Labins out in Cochrane, Ontario, Canada. This right. fellow is uh, he very... Stuff, he? he is a resourceful gentleman, isn't he? He's, and he's he a lot, obviously a lot younger than I am because he's got a lot of energy. Yeah, what a deal. So these are uh, these he's a lot smarter than we may really think because we can't seem to get him as a guest. What's the deal? <laughs> well, we are gonna have him as a guest. We no, just we're, uh, going to. we're going to. We've in fact we Don's got got it set up. I just kinda wanna wait wait for a little bit and we'll have him as a guest. And speaking of discussing things, we have a guest coming up in a few minutes. His name is Tim, Tim Ford. Tim Ford. And uh, so we're gonna discuss with him and then after uh, the first after the guest I'm going to try to explain to you how to hook up this relay system, how these relays work, because it's very functional for for a lot of things. And Don has a little gardening thing he wants to talk about. So we'll be back. More of the Blind Handyman Show in just a minute.
When they're not broadcasting. This is Steve Mazur. It's Robin from the Aussie Kaleidoscope. Living on the edge. I'm Roger Cool. The KJS Show. Hi, this is Patrick Purdue from the, the ACBRI DJs are hard at work creating personal web pages about their shows, the music they play, and even a bit about themselves. Now we're accumulating these web pages into the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring, where you can learn more about the personalities behind the microphone. Go to www.acbradio.org, then choose the interactive link. From there, you can choose the link that will take you to the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring. Latest breaking news stories, visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. All the news, all the time. From the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com. This is The Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. Be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. We're back for the second portion today, and our guest this week is Tim Ford from Sacramento, California. How are you doing, Tim? Well, fine. Glad to be on the show. Good well, to have you here. It's good to have you. Is it? What is the what is the weather in Sacramento do uh, today? Well, in Sacramento, it's actually nice. Not going to have another storm until this weekend. And actually, where I live is halfway up in the mountains, and we had snow last weekend, and might have some more snow this weekend. So, but oh. and you don't have the really hot, hot weather up where you live, right? Well, there's hot and there's hot. No, yeah. it's when you get up in the hills, it's, it gets a little cooler. It gets cooler, mm-hmm. especially at night. Um, so it, it's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, Don said that you you kind of live out in the country. Is that right? You have a, have um, a yeah, I'm out on a few acres and out there with the wildlife. And mm-hmm. like I was working on the car last night, and there was a group of turkeys keeping me company, gobbling away over in the field nearby. Really, that's all, always good for blind folks. I went to school with a lot of turkeys, as a matter of fact. I wonder if it's uh, anything like the group of turkeys I'm surrounded with. Well, it was just a natural. We couldn't pass a cheap laugh, uh, oh. Tim. You know, you know how it is. So uh, do you live in the country for a reason? I mean, you don't, do you raise animals? Do you, you farm or you do? No, I actually, in my um, young days, um, I was actually grew up on a cattle ranch because hmm? um, I went blind later in life during college in a car accident oh. and so i was used to that and um after i graduated from law school uh, i actually remember real clearly i lived in town near sacramento and we get what they call valley fog here uh-huh. and you can have a time where the sun doesn't come out for three or four weeks mm. and it's a very dismal uh kind of situation so i came home one day and said, i'm sick and tired of this yeah 
So my wife's parents had just moved up to the foothills, and so we kind of followed up that direction. And if I was going to move out in the country, decided what the hell. We'll move, excuse me, I can't say this is radio. Oh, yes, oh, you, you can. can. You That's can. Fine. So uh, we moved out um, on a few acres. It's, yeah. it's civilized few acres because it's within a, a property owners association. So there's about um, 800 homes scattered over about seven okay. square miles. Okay, and one of those deals. And then, but you know, there's a swimming pool within a quarter of a mile of our house. And, but then you have a there. There was obviously there's a grocery store to serve that many people, so you're not isolated. Well. There's actually the nearest supermarket is about 15 miles away. So obviously your wife can see because that's a long walk, uh, Tim. Right. Um, she's in good shape. Yeah. No, she, yeah, she can drive. That's you make and, her walk. And, that's good. Uh, and that's, that's, I, I love to see people that will take a cheap laugh, too. That's good. Yeah, the, the way that I handled it is uh, when I first moved out there and I was kind of begging and borrowing rides from people and yeah. that didn't work out so well and that's when i started running my own van pool so i bought an old one and fixed it up and had people start paying me and i started doing that and what a deal 19 1985 i've been doing it ever since and so you have vans yeah and and they uh pay you to drive your van to the supermarket well, and drive drive to Sacramento, drive all the way to work and back. Yeah, well, these, a lot of these people don't have cars, or they don't they don't. Well, it's when you live, uh, it's a hundred mile round trip commute, and so this is oh. actually quite a good deal. Whoa! Yeah, because uh, wouldn't wear it to, even if they had a car, it wouldn't. You know, if they did that three or four times a month, you put a lot of miles on your car, wouldn't you? So you, I put, did it every day going to work. So they put say, miles on your car. Yeah. Oh no, it, it works like a charm, yeah. and um, they get paid money back by their employers, and so they end up sure. paying less than a month than they would pay driving their own car about yeah. three days. Really? So, so, but you, Don, said that you are an attorney yes. uh, also. No, I, I'm sorry about that. Well, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm married to an attorney. I'm, I'm sorry about that, too. Right, well, uh, so am I. So. He, he has expressed some regret from time to time. Well, I, I gotten two or three divorces, and I figured, what the hell, I'll just marry it. You know, at least this time, you know, we'll have an attorney to do the divorce. I won't have to pay that enormous bill. And it's uh, the, the old joke goes, if every lawyer in East Texas was laid in to end, it would be a good thing. But now, now that's a legal. That's a lawyer joke I hadn't heard yet. I thought I heard them all. It's one you actually hadn't heard. My, my wife is. Uh, she says, you know, the only difference in female lawyer and a pit bull is we wear lip gloss. <laughs> and uh, you know, but uh, and how does one practice law in in that within that isolated a setting? Well, there's very few. There's only one lawyer in our part of the county, and they just handle everything. Walks in the door, so that's why you work down in Sacramento, where that's the of government, and uh -huh. so there's lots of law jobs down here. So you were you you go to Sacramento every day? Yes. My, and it, and it, and this is part of the van deal, right? Well, now it's making sense to me. Yeah, that's how I get to work. Now it's making sense to me. So there's somebody no, there was no bus, so I started a bus. A hundred miles each way, and you come no, no, back. No, it's, it's round trip, hundred miles. 100, around, oh, 50 miles. Well, you know, and, and if you lived on the north side of Houston and worked on the south side, you'd go almost that far. Well, Houston there's people is, that live a lot closer than I do that yeah. have that long commute because we're highway mm -hmm. the whole way. 
and we get up and go and go 60 miles an hour and it's a nice van it's got reclining seats and and you're there in an sound system and you can do a lot of sleeping so it's very nice read your read your book Oh, I do a lot of I do most of my reading yeah, during the. You can, uh, boy, if you had a laptop with a, some sort of a satellite thing, you could do research. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, yeah, I keep bugging the the tech people in my van to put that satellite dish on the roof, and they yeah. just haven't done that yet. What uh, what kind of what sort of law do you practice? Well, I work for a state agency, and I handle a little bit of everything. I do some administrative hearings. I oversee. A lot of the courtroom work done um, by our office of the attorney general on our behalf okay. for uh, certain classic cases, and uh, then I handle emergency orders. So I will be sometimes there, sometimes in the background, sometimes having to talk. Uh, I've been doing it 20 some years, and uh, so I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I actually now with the electronic research, and I. You know, learned on a lot on the computers, so I'm pretty handy, so I can actually do things that scare other lawyers because I'm not scared of new things. You can do research and go and go fight, find I cases wanted, and things. I yeah. wanted to ask you a question about that because at the college, I was working with a totally blind girl, and she's wanting to be a legal a research. Uh, what do you call it? Well, she wants to be. A, she wants to be. She's studying to be a paralegal. Paralegal. Legal. Anyway, and we're using Westlaw. Do you navigate through Westlaw with Jaws pretty good? Or yes, it works okay. just fine. Yeah, we use the No Frames version. It took me a couple of times uh, to figure out that they had one, but actually they're fairly compatible with some. You know, having the No Frames version and, and Westlaw is probably the the poster child for accessibility. Right. They not only set up. A whole what they call a text version, which makes it simpler. Right. But for several years, they've had um, re their research attorneys had a small group that actually had JAWS installed in their computers, wow. learned how to use it, and they would do telephone training. And they taught me things about JAWS that I didn't know. I I've talked to them early in the morning. Their night guys are the best. And and they'll I mean like they'll return your phone calls and like I had a, a problem trying to send something over email trying to send you know download these through email and I couldn't do it man this guy like three different times worked with me and uh, finally straightened it out so yeah they're 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 very good and so that's that's the the way that I get all that so um, it allows me to do things as fast as a sighted attorney who's real good on Westlaw and since a lot of them don't have. That kind of experience allows me yeah. to do things faster than a lot of folks. When it comes to learning a big bunch of new law in a hurry, yeah, and that comes up in my job where somebody will file some sort of emergency petition against us, and we have to respond like the next day. Huh. And so just stay up all night and learn it and go so in. You're a, you're a handy guy to, to do those sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, well, I appreciate the info. I kind of got us off the subject, but I was just curious, and I've been wanting to actually meet a, a blind attorney and ask those questions. So anyway... We'll, we'll we'll get to your handyman stuff in just a minute. Let me just ask you one more question. You lost your eyesight in, while you were in college. Yes, and that was 1970. And you went ahead and finished. Yeah, I was a business major before, and so that was an easy enough transition. And my hobbies were uh, music. I played in the band. Uh -huh. And the kind of sports things I liked were things like uh, swimming, Cross country, yeah, and uh, to a lesser extent wrestling, uh, all of which I could continue. The only addition was a running partner, and so I just 
took um, you know the spring semester off, got the cane and braille and all that, and went right back in. So for me, it was actually a lot easier transition than a lot of people because I really didn't have to change much of anything I was doing except well, just the way I was doing it. Doesn't make any difference. That's a, that's a tough thing to have happen. I was born that way. We. We have, uh, I've often said, if you, I guess if you have to be blind and as a teenager or as a young person, you might as well start out that way. But I've talked to so many now that are like you that were able to, to, uh, to, uh, to navigate or to, to live through that, realize and face the inevitable and, and do it. Uh, you, you say you work on, I think Don said you, you tinker with cars. You mentioned that a minute ago. Yeah, I did that from way back when I was a kid, although I've done a lot more just over the years you just do a little more and a little more and get a little uh, deeper into it and so actually uh my more extensive work has been in the last um five or six years are you restoring uh automobile or? no uh we've got three vans now because my 16 year old daughter just started driving so you got my wife's car which has been a van and that's nowadays. We had some older cars before, so it's really a matter of when you live out where we do, there's no such thing as a repair shop at the corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my wife um, hates to take time out to sit at a garage all day long, and she's also real thrifty, so she won't drop it off and take a rental car, even though I keep telling her to. Mm-hmm. So that means as a matter of kind of almost necessary uh, or the necessity, mm-hmm. I do the service and the repairs that I'm able to handle on the car. The, the service is in changing the oil and topping off the fluids and things like that? That, but then you get into more like all the brakes work, suspension, electrical, cooling systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll even pull heads. I, I, really? I don't do transmission work because that's a lot of special tools and yeah, you really okay. have to have it set up. And I wouldn't, I don't have the special stuff for the bottom of an engine, uh, but you know, I'll take it down to the fuel system and the and, 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 and as far as the heads. In other words, pull the head and and, and uh, put put new valve guides in or do something like that. Something that well, and that kind of thing. Since I don't have once I get it off, I don't have all the special tools with that. Then just have her take it over to the machine shop and have them do it. Yeah, yeah. But you take the head off and you put it back on. Right. And so you have a way of, you figured out, I've never, I don't work on cars, so I don't know much about them, but you, you have a way of understanding that torquing the head down or pulling it down is a, I mean, how do you know without a torque wrench, or do you have a torque wrench? Yeah, and actually the torque wrench I've you had for years is a Craftsman that was a copy of a, of a fancy one made by Snap-on, where uh-huh. you dial it, and each full rotation is... Ten pounds. Okay. And it has a click, doesn't it? And, it? and it just does a little kind of chunk click thing. Yeah. yeah. And so um, you didn't have to know where you were, but you could you could tell by dialing. Y- yes, and you know if someone's around that's handy, I can verify. But just by knowing that each full rotation is ten, I can get within two or three pounds myself, and then just just double check myself. Yeah. Mm. And that's if you have to change the torquing. You know. If yeah. You're, yeah. If you're doing something where it's the same torque, then for every bolt, and you just leave it set there. Like yeah. when I uh, took the fuel rail off recently, those were to be uh, um, intake manifold bolts, and mm-hmm. the cover for the fuel rail was at a certain torque. And that works extremely well. 
and uh, you know that was no special blind tool at all. That was just what the yeah. pro mechanics used. You said this is the old one. You so you've obviously you have a new one. No, it's the same one. And yeah. every few years, um, I send it off in Sears because it gets it'll get enough wear, and Sears covers it for life. And so they repair it, and it gets a calibration, and I get a, a new ticket. All right. Um, so you, you, year, so it's um, 30 years old. So you have uh, each click is not 10 pounds anymore after a certain period of time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it's not the click we're talking about. Yeah. Like if you're one of your people there and knew what I was talking about, when yeah. you pull on the handle and it reaches the right torque, it kind of goes conk. Uh-huh. You can feel it just it kind of slightly rotates. Mm-hmm. And gives you a kind of a ka- chunk. A noise that you can, uh, uh, an audible yeah, noise that you can hear. Yeah, you can hear it and yeah. feel it. Uh, now, do you have any other tools that that you have adapted, or tools that are are good for you for what you for for automobile uh, repair? I mean, other than the I standard. I use one you know. little gizmo that is nothing more than a little cheap buzzer. Uh, that you can get for two bucks anywhere, which was designed for, you know, like people want to set up a little thing to know when the door is ajar or something. Uh-huh. They want to add it on. And I use that just as a current detector. And then other than that, that's about it. I Once in a while, if you're doing diagnostics, you need a, a multimeter to know real precisely the voltage. And then I borrow the eyes in the family to just yell out the readings. Well, well we- I could buy one, but... Uh, it really hasn't been a problem for the for the once in a while that I use yeah. it. You know, I only need that kind of thing once every year or two. Okay. We we talked about Radio Shack at one time made a talking multi voltmeter, sure multimeter, and they only made it about a year and it went away. Uh, it it uh, you know I, you'd you'd think that one of the blind people that sells products for the blind would have picked that up, but I've never seen it other than Radio Shack. Yeah, and then the only other thing I use that was blind specific was something that I actually built as a project when I went to Smith Kettlewell over in San Francisco. Uh, there's a shop there run by a blind uh, electronics engineer. And so he teaches you how to solder and assemble stuff. So I actually put, really? the, put the thing together and I still use that. And, and that is what? Oh, uh, a um, an audible continuity tester. Uh-huh. Oh, that, that makes a noise when you yeah. when you I have, exactly a, have one of those. Now. Yeah, yeah, and nowadays even just off the shelf multimeters often have a mode where I've heard that you that, know, that, that makes that a buzzing the same kind of thing. Yeah, uh, makes you, you can get a but you but you really wouldn't know you would you know you had continuity but you wouldn't know where you were you wouldn't know if uh, you know the the twelve volt system was really twelve volts or if you're working on you know if you're working on stuff that reduced the voltage and very minute voltages computers and things you'd know it made a noise but you wouldn't know where you were right That's if you're true. starting to get into that kind of specifics then you got to yeah. have something pretty precise we need a talking volt ohm meter well we do uh, we we need uh, maybe maybe somebody will do that so again someday so you you you've done a lot of brake work I guess I think Don Shaw's done some you've changed, you've done uh, put new brakes on I haven't done you? brakes I, I've done some with the fuel systems and things but not brakes is one thing I haven't done I but, thought we caught you doing brakes no, one day no I, I don't mess with brakes but you've done <laughs> brakes huh Tim I've done all the brake jobs on our cars for the last 15-20 years we go through a lot of brakes in our area because of the mountain driving I bet sure. you do and um, it's the kind of thing where most of the shops, when they're doing brake jobs, they do them as quickly as possible. 
and so they don't always get things cleaned up and operating as smoothly as they should, and so the brakes don't last as long. So I can go ahead and, you know, with your this is maybe a little consumer tip. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can buy now that are, quote, lifetime guarantee. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the big ones is brake lines. It's kind of a loss leader. So I haven't bought a new set of brake linings, either uh, regular drums or uh, disc brake pads. I haven't bought a new one of those in 15 years. <laughs> lifetime guaranteed. Yeah, you, so when they wear out, they give you a new one. Now, if you do the work yourself, that works out pretty well. Oh, sure. So I just take them back, and they give you another one. And that's Get another it. set of them. So about all you pay for then is just to have the rotors So you turned. just take your rotors and get them turned if they need it. But if you catch it in town, they probably don't need it. So, Gen- Yeah, although uh, that generally doesn't work because they build up a glaze. Yeah, yeah. So if you put the new pads on, they don't break in right, mm-hmm. and then they end up warping everything. So you I, should have them I've turned. tried that before, and half the time you can get away with it, but somehow I always get the other half. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that lawyer and stuff ever fails, there's always a Tim's repair. That's right. right. Well, it worked so far, and it can save you some serious yeah. money. Last month or so, I did a series of jobs just in, oh, probably about a half a day, and I kind of added up about what a shop would charge for that, and I paid about $40 in some parts where the parts and labor for the same jobs would have been around 500 Sure it would. Are, yeah, sure. Are you and that was half a day, and, and no one had to take the car anywhere, and it was done. I knew it was going to be done right. So. Are you at your sure. office right now? Yes. This is your office, so you so they let you take a break to, to be on the exciting Blind Handyman show. Well, maybe they don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this. We didn't tell them, huh? <laughs> well, listen, download the rest of the shows, and you've been a most interesting guest, and, and I admire you for uh, going ahead. Mo- a lot of a lot of folks would have just said to hell with college. I'm dropping out. I'm blind now. I don't need it, you know. But you you went ahead and finished, and I I, I greatly admire you for that. Maybe well, uh, maybe we'll get to California and shake hands one of these days. Well, pleasure, and thanks for having me on, Tim Ford. Thank you very much for being on the Blind Handyman Show. We'll talk about a few more little uh, things in just a minute. Back in just a minute with more of the show. ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear live, unpredictable internet on the ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s, the 50s and 60s, the 1970s, 80s and 90s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic and modern rock, new age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio Interactive. 
phone to us for disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program? Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB radio. Hang out with other ACB Radio listeners. Talk with the hosts. Provide suggestions about the future of ACB Radio. It's all possible through the ACB Radio Friends List. Thank you for being a friend. Log on and sign up now. Send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. And thank you for being a friend of ACB Radio. Listening to the Blind Handyman on the ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. Thank you so much, Jack Gardner from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jack. Doesn't Jack have a great voice, Mark? I just <laughs> sounds uh, sounds almost as good as Atmer Lester. Charlie Van Dyke. Almost, almost, almost. Who we haven't had as a guest on our show. So we need to have him over. Some little humor from Atmer. Anyway, we, we the uh, the list. If you're not on the list, you should be. It is uh, blind handy at subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Is that right, Charlie? Yes. Blind handy subscribe. subscribe at yahoogroups.com. subscribe. Yeah, yeah, I forget that. that. Man, that's too long to remember. It is too much. We'll write it down <laughs> it for you. We'll yeah. put it on your put it on your voice mate. <laughs> voice mate. Voice mate. Anyway, I I have a mine's not a voice mate, but it's a neat recording. We uh, it is. We got this from the list. This this Dale Dale Levins from Ontario, Canada, is one of the most prolific contributors to our list, and he seems to know. A lot about a lot of things. Uh, uh, very few things are mentioned on the list that he cannot comment on. And he was he was talking about setting up in his shop. I don't know what kind of shop he has or what sort of tools he has. But he was talking about setting up a vacuum system to get rid of sawdust. Because if you don't, I, I don't have one. And, boy, about every six months, <laughs> yeah. the shop is just unlivable. <laughs> you got to, you know, I've, many yeah. times, uh, Kimberly, I'll give you $20 to go clean up the shop. Yeah. So he has set up each uh, a tool like a, a, a table saw or a chop saw or a compound miter saw or a sander will have a port on the back of it. And it has a port that, that if, you, if you attach a vacuum to this port, the sawdust, when you're running the machine, you turn on the vacuum, the sawdust will go into the, into the vacuum. Well, he had one vacuum and, say, six tools. So how to solve that problem? So what he did... Is he ran, uh, uh, I think he said hose. You could use PVC yeah. pipe, would work just as well. Except with the compound miter saw, you need some kind of ho- a saw or, or a, flexible a radial arm of. saw. You'd need something flexible. Okay. With a table saw, PVC pipe would work, or the sander. But with those uh, two tools that move, you need something flexible. Yeah. So how do you, without going and, and hooking up the vac to the particular piece of equipment you want to use, turning it on, then coming back, sawing the board, going back and turning the vac off, how do you do this? Well... He came up with a way to turn on the vacuum from each saw. So obviously, without a remote system, you'd have to run a wire to each saw. 
But what you don't want to do is run 110 volts all over your shop. Yeah. Because it's dangerous. It will shock you. If you get it grounded or wet, it, you can get hurt that way. So he developed this system. Now, he is using an AC system. The system I'm going to talk about is a DC is a DC-driven system, and the piece of equipment that you want to hold, that you want to run, your vacuum in this case, is held on by what we commonly refer to as a latching relay. In other words, this relay holds this piece of equipment on, and it is very simple. Uh, my system, this got started, uh, or was started long before I ever knew about it, because of radio stations. You don't want to, and back in the old days when you had turntables, we were actually playing records. Remember, Mark? Yes. <laughs> we were playing records. Cue those records. Cue burning. We were playing albums in 45s. and Burning out styluses like that's crazy. That's right. Sometimes 78s. And we had, <laughs> you know, you had at the radio station back up until, well, up until the late 80s or early 90s, the disc jockey mo at most stations, unless they were really, the big stations had everything on what they called a cart. But at little stations like we worked at, there was a stack of records there. And you were actually hand playing. You queued up a record. And when you said, here's George Jones, you pushed a button on the Jones and it started. And so we had turntables. And we, you didn't want to run that 110 voltage up uh, in your in your console where all the mic switches and everywhere. First of all, it would cause hum. It uh, 100, 110 volts pulsates at 110 cycles per second. And so that pulsation is going to give you, actually it pulsates at 60 cycles a second, I think. That's going to give you uh, that, a hum, a, a, a grid hum. And you didn't want to run that all around. So you had to come up with a way to start the turntable without having to reach clear back here. and You know, because it uh -huh. oftentimes you'll have two or three of them and one will be over behind you. There'll be one up close that you can start, but one of them will be, one of them you can't see a lot of times. I mean, you can't physically look at it without turning away from your chair, and you don't want to do that because you want to be up on the mic so you can say, here's George, you know. Right. So how do you start I'm that turntable? Well, you have to start it with the, you start it with this latching reeling. What this is, is very simple. Radio Shack sells this, or they did. The Radio Shack has decided, somebody told me, I got, I got a letter from Radio Shack, will no longer sell parts. Well, what the hell does that mean? What are they going to sell if they don't sell parts? I don't know. What are they really? selling? That's what close the door. Underwear? <laughs> you know? <laughs> what are they selling? They, wait, Radio Shack, well, what, what does that mean? So I don't know if they sell, if that means we don't sell transistors and resistors yeah, no and kidding. capacitors, but Radio Shack will no longer sell parts. Not good. Well, I bet the I bet you could get this at Radio Shack. Somebody look in the catalog and tell me. This is a 12 volt relay, and of course you have to buy a power supply that will give you 12 volts. It will it will take the house current, 110 volt house current, and convert it to, to 12 volts DC. That's so it'll a run this. Deal. It, that's an easy deal. So we'll run this 12 volt relay. This this relay will have four connections on it. It will have two connections that are 110-volt connections and two connections that are 12-volt connections. And when you, when you tie the 12-volt 12 12-volt 12 power supply across the 12-volt connections, it will close the 110-volt connections. So it will start any appliance you have. It wouldn't make any difference what it was. It will, it just like a switch, it will close, the, the, it, will, it will join together the 210-volt connections. So bingo, your appliance is started. When you release the 12 volts, uh, the appliance will stop. And what you what you buy or what I bought was a a switch that when you pushed it, when you push this switch once, it joins the two connections together on the back of the switch. When you push it again, it releases them, as opposed to a momentary switch that you that you push and it just momentarily joins them. This physically joins the connections together. You push it, 
The connections on the back are joined. You push it again. The connections on the back I are separate. To, to look at one of those, if you have one of those around, I house, happen to have one. It's just like very see what moves or what how exactly how it does club. You know, uh, be take it apart. Yeah. Well, you you push it and a little thing drops down, and then when you push it again, this thing drops down again and it go, it releases. But they're they're very simple. They're probably three dollars a piece. Hmm. Uh, so this thing drops down. Well, I mean this you, this is a button. The, the, the switch I'm talking about now is just a button. It's about as big around as a dime. Or a doorbell. Yeah, but, door, it's, but, a, it's like a doorbell button. You push okay. it once, it joins the two connections. You push it again, it releases them. Now, you have this. You have a relay. You have one side of this relay tied to your 12-volt power supply, which is plugged into the wall. Right. You have your appliance plugged in, and you have one side of its line cord or its line voltage fed through the relay. Are you with me? Yep, so far. Okay. And when you energize this relay, the plunger will go, and it will it will close the 210-volt connections and start your fan or blender or shop vac or whatever you want to start. And you could hear this plunger click. Yes, sir. You can hear it. You can, we used to put them in rubber foam at radio stations, so you couldn't hear them click. <laughs> really? Cart machines, the same thing. Houston, every time you hit the cart machine. I remember. That was a solenoid jumping up. It was, a, it was the wheel jumping up, but it was also a latching relay. So it is actually like a little plunger or a little thing yeah. that actually moves. I'll show this. you one. Okay. It's a little square box. I've never taken it apart, but it's just a little square box, and it has four connections on it. Two will say 110, two will say 12 volts, and a 12-volt supply and a 12-volt relay at Radio Shack are absolutely attainable. So when you energize the 12-volt side of this relay, it closes the 110-volt side, okay? Yeah. So what you do is you, you take this small wire, called we, use, we call it doorbell wire. It's less than, you know what zip cord is. Everybody knows what zip cord is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zip cord is the stuff that you put on a lamp. Yeah. Well, this is smaller than that. This is doorbell wire, and it's usually... Maybe large speaker or large speaker. Yeah, large speaker, speaker wire would work. Large speaker wire. wire would work. Doorbell wire, I think, is basically single strand, though, isn't it? Isn't it usually single strand wire? I think it is. I think so. I think it is single strand wire. It wouldn't make any difference if it wasn't. Uh, let's see who that is. <laughs> number there. That's Luann's line. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. It'll just have to ring. And so you run this to each tool, and you, if you've got six tools, well, you have six of these little switches, one at each, each tool, one at your saw, one at, your, uh, one at everything you have, and you have doorbell wire run to this relay. Now, that sounds like a big deal, but this is very small wire. Yeah. You've got that saw sitting on something anyway, so you just run it. You run it around, and you have, a, you have a relay, and from each tool, you have the ability to close this relay and start your shop vac or start any appliance or start anything you want to. And it's a very yeah. simple, and you say, well, what do you do with the switch? Well, what I did is I, I, I bought, I bought uh, a long piece of, you can buy, if you go to a hardware store, tell them, show me the barrel that just, that, the barrel that has stuff in it. And there'll be a big barrel standing in that hardware store that will have uh, will have, um, what am I trying to say, angle iron yeah. in all sizes. It will have a little piece of aluminum that looks like angle iron. Odds and ends. Uh, it will have a big, long thing with strapping material with holes in it. Yep. And, and, you know, and so I bought a p- piece of aluminum that looked like angle iron. You'd cut that into small pieces, drill a hole, and make you a little switch box or a little way to mount your switch up under your saw. And you'd push the switch, do your sawing, push it again, it would turn your shop back off. You could start, uh, if, you, if you were unable to get out of bed, you could start the ceiling fan that way. You can start any appliance you want to start that runs on 110 volts. 
Uh, and uh, this is this is exactly the same system that your air conditioner operates, I think, on, what, 24 volts or 48, y'all? 24, I believe. And it's exactly the same thing. In other words, they didn't run that 110 volts to your thermostat. They ran 24 volts DC to your thermostat because right. that's that's a whole lot safer and easier to switch and easier to work with. Oh, sure. But that, no doubt. that 24 volts clicks in and starts your air conditioner compressor, uh-huh. and then your thermostat kicks it off. It's a very common system, and you, when you first hear about it, you think, well, I couldn't do that, but you can, uh, and it's a very cheap thing to do. If you had six pieces of equipment, you could probably do this for $25. You could, have, you could be set up. And everything could be. Uh, and everything would be switched, and everything could be neat. pushed on. Now, having said all that, Dale uses a, 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 an AC system with a step-down transformer and AC relays, which is a little bit different. So when we have him on, maybe next week, we'll get him to describe and tell you his system basically works the same way. Uh, so we'll get him to tell you about it. Does everybody understand how the relay stuff works? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. I guess so. Don Pat? Yeah, I guess the shop noise would preclude you from using the clapper. You know, that Walmart and them sold that you just clap yeah. that vacuum. I guess if you crank up your table saw, the vacuum would go. That's good. Clapper. That's good. Uh-huh. I guess it would. I guess you couldn't do that, could yeah. you? So everybody understand. If, if I explain that right, everybody should understand that to do the relay deal. Yeah, it sounds great. I want some email on that. Sounds like the thing really to have in the shop. Is there going to be a test on this? There may be a test. <laughs> I want some email on it. I want you folks to tell us your experiences and help us out with this show. You know, we could quit, you know. Well, what's going to happen to us if we don't get any email? Huh? What's they're going to take us off the airplanes if they don't. If you don't, folks, don't start writing to us and sending your money. They're going to take us off. God love your hearts. God's going to call me home if I don't raise $3 million or go get a drink of brandy and a cigarette. Uh-huh. <laughs> Both of which I'd love to have right now, if you don't mind. <laughs> Where are we? What time? Are we through? Uh, pretty pretty much. Pretty Is this much, it? I, I hear the theme in the background. I think we're really tr- through. <laughs> Noise is at the end of the line, I right. say. Well, Mark, what do you think? Hey, man, it's, it's been fun. It has been, hasn't it? It's just what a, a deal, huh? It's just a blind handyman show, and we do it every week. Don's got his dishwasher fixed, and Another All's well hour down the tube. Another yeah. hour down the tube. Really, email us. We, we would appreciate any email you want to send us. If not, we'll get some stuff off the list. And if you don't like it, lump it. Yeah, the most important thing about the dishwashers, it was the warden's. So it was the warden's dishwasher. got to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Emily. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have her on the show sometimes. She, uh, anyway, we'll do it all again next week. And our, our Mark, thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. And uh, Thank you for you asking. Can, uh, you can come another time and visit with us if you... If you weren't yeah. too bored. Don Shaw has been here. Thank you, Donald. Oh, sure. Along, sure, with, sure, uh, sure. along with our man Don Patterson, hey, dishwasher hey, Don. Yes, sir. Here. And Tom Houston has, run the, hey. has operated the 32-in, 8-out Mackey console, Two brand new row, from Mackey. We've done, this is the third show we've done, I didn't. Uh, is it three? Second or third? Second and third. Three, three. I'm not sure now. Anyway, we'll do it. Email us, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you want to be on the list, it's blindhandyman-subscribe at yahoogroups.com. Right. You'll be on the list, and it's not a bad list. You get 10 or 12 messages a day. It won't overwhelm you. We'll That's see you next right. week. I see you said the blind man as you picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions. 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.